What is the opposite of peace? Think about how you would answer that question. What is the opposite of peace? Is it war? I think that's the answer most people would give. Or is it something else? Is it hatred or fighting or disharmony or disagreement or conflict or even something like agitation? Those are some of the words you'll find in a thesaurus when you look up antonyms, opposites of the word peace. I know that because I did it the other day in preparation for this homily. Now, it's very interesting. One word that I did not find in any of my research is the word that I'm convinced Jesus Christ would have used had someone asked him that question 2,000 years ago during his earthly ministry. If someone had come up to him on the street and said, Lord, what's the opposite of peace? I really believe Jesus Christ would have said, oh, that's easy. The opposite of peace, real peace, is sin. Not war, not hatred, not conflict, not any of the others, but rather sin. And I base that assertion on what Jesus says to us in today's Gospel reading from John chapter 14. This is part of his last discourse, the discourse he gave to his apostles at the Last Supper, the final meal of his earthly life. There he talks about peace. But notice he does that only after he speaks about love and about obedience. He begins by saying, whoever loves me will keep my word. In other words, whoever loves me will obey me. To obey Jesus, of course, means to avoid sin. Then a few verses later, he mentions peace. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. In the eyes of the world, peace means the absence of war. That's the kind of peace that the world gives. But that's a very superficial kind of peace. That's a very flimsy kind of peace. And the reason it's superficial and flimsy is because that kind of peace can actually coexist with sin. You can hate somebody with every fiber of your being. You can refuse to forgive that person for what he or she has done to you. You can refuse to speak to them or acknowledge their existence or any of that. As long as you're not at war with the person, as long as you're not directly attacking him or her in some way, you're at peace with them in the eyes of the world. That's the kind of peace that we had with the Soviet Union for all those years of the Cold War. Some of us are old enough to remember that. There were no bombs dropped during the Cold War, although we came pretty close during the Cuban Missile Crisis. There were no soldiers dying on the battlefield every day. There were no declarations of war by the two countries. So technically speaking, we were at peace. But behind it all, at the same time, there was a lot of anger and hatred and bitterness in the hearts of people on both sides, in both nations. 
You ever see the movie where Rocky fights the Soviet fighter? Rocky 287, whatever number it was. That's the kind of thing you see in that film portrayed so well. The Cold War is a great example of the kind of peace the world gives. It's a peace that can coexist with sins like hatred. Peace of Jesus Christ, very different. Real peace, very different. The peace of Jesus, real peace, is about two things. It's about being right with God and being right with our neighbor. That means, quite simply, if you want this peace in your life, if you want the peace of Jesus to dwell in your heart, you need to start with repentance. Most people don't associate repentance and peace. They should, because repentance is the only way we can get right with God. Please hear that if you haven't been to confession in a while. Just thought I'd throw that in. And repentance, if it's genuine, leads to a firm purpose of amendment. In other words, it leads to obedience. Obedience to the Lord's word, obedience to his commandments, especially the two great commandments, to love God and to love our brothers and sisters as we love ourselves. This is why I said that for Jesus, the opposite of peace is sin. Worldly peace and sin can coexist. Real peace and sin, the peace of Jesus and sin, cannot coexist. So you want to know why there's so little real peace in our world right now? It's because a lot of people nowadays believe the exact opposite of what Jesus believed, of what Jesus taught. For Jesus, peace and sin were antonyms, they were opposites. But for a lot of people in our world right now, peace and sin are not antonyms. They're almost synonyms. They go together. These men and women think they can have real peace in their lives while stubbornly clinging to their sins, especially their serious ones. That is impossible. Father Roger Landry, a priest from the Diocese of Fall River, said it beautifully in a homily he gave several years ago, and I'll leave you today with his words. Father Landry said, Just think what our world, from our families to our schools to our communities to our nation to the international community, just think of what our world would be like if we all just minimally kept the Ten Commandments. Everyone would center their life on God. People would come together to worship God. There would be no swearing. Parents and children would honor each other. There would be no murder, no hatred, no broken families, no cheating, no robbery, no lying, no personal or class envy. Christians often sing, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. If we want that peace on earth, Jesus tells us it begins concretely with your and my keeping the commandments. And I would add, repenting if we break them. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, give us the grace to do these things. Give us the grace to obey. And the grace to repent when we don't obey so that we will be able to do our part, our personal part, in bringing peace, your peace, real peace, 
more fully and more completely into our world. Amen.